I want to speak to you tonight on the subject, all prayer, all prayer. And I want to take a moment and just, just remind us of the significance of this Christian, I'll say discipline, but it's so much more than that. This act of faith. Uh, you, you need to know that prayer is an act of faith. And, and I remember when I was, uh, the first time I was ever introduced to uh, Bluetooth technology, I didn't uh, know anything of the sort. I was sitting in an airport and uh, minding my own business, just, just preparing to board the plane. And while I sat there waiting for the, uh, for the uh, plane to be uh, boarding to be announced, uh, a, a man walked over. He was a, looked like maybe a businessman, seemed to be put together, but he just came right over to me and was mid-conversation as he, as he approached me. And I didn't know we were having a conversation. And I looked up and he was mid-conversation with me and, and I was trying to follow along with what he was saying. And, and I think I even answered him back to say, uh, no, I'm not sure that I've ever uh, heard of that before. And then I realized that he was not talking to me. <laughs> and I thought, oh, well, oh, okay. Well, then he's, he's crazy. That's what it is. He's crazy. He's just talking, just talking into the air. But the fact of the matter was that he had a... He had a Bluetooth uh, technology and had an earpiece and was connected to a frequency I could not see. And is having a very real conversation. And that's what we have to understand about prayer. It is an act of faith and that other people may not understand, but you are, when you pray, connected to a frequency that not everybody understands. And I thank God for prayer. Amen. And we ought to all thank God for prayer. And not only should we thank God for prayer, but we should, uh, we should exercise that opportunity we have to pray. So much of what we need can be found in prayer. And, uh, and, and the fact that we have this gift, I remember Brother Paul Mooney preaching a message one time and it was called, We Always Have a Prayer. You might hear the, you might hear the old adage, uh, you don't have a prayer. Well, that's not true. You do have a prayer. You always have a prayer that you can pray. And it's important that we understand that this matter of prayer is a gift from God to his people so that he and us, we can communicate with each other. We can talk to God in prayer. And so I want to talk to you about it. And I want to take you to begin uh, to the book of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. While you're turning there to Ephesians chapter 6, beginning with the 10th verse, uh, I, I want to remind you of our one service. We're looking forward to our one service weekend. That is on August uh, 20th, the Sunday night of August 20th, Sunday morning. We're going to be having a wonderful time in the presence of the Lord. Brother Mike Williams will be preaching here. The uh, great, one of the greatest preachers of the gospel that has ever preached. If you've not heard Brother Mike Williams, you are in for a treat. Uh, the uh, Bishop of the Pentecostals of Apopka in Apopka, Florida. 
And we'll also be hearing from Brother Paul Pamer uh, that night at 6 o'clock. Everybody say August 20th, Sunday night, 6 o'clock. We're going to come to the house of God and have a good time in the Holy Ghost. Amen. And uh, we're going to have a, a good Sunday night service. And we'll be hearing from Brother Paul Pamer of Barberton, Ohio, a dear friend of ours. And Brother Mike Williams will be with us. It's going to be a great, great day. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. The scripture says this. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. And that is a, a powerful word, finally. Uh, this, of course, comes on the heels of a long letter uh, I say long letter as chapters go as we have broken it up into chapters uh, this is the sixth chapter of Paul's letter to the Ephesian church and he has written on a plethora of beautiful topics about the love of God about the body being fitly framed together about the uh, mystery of God's love being revealed to us through the relationship of a husband and wife and so many wonderful things that he uh, describes throughout the book of Ephesians. And so knowing all of that perhaps puts even more of an exclamation point, if you please, on the word, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Now I want you to notice some of the things that he tells us to do. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The wiles of the devil are the deceptions and the deceptive ways of the devil. And if you haven't noticed, we live in a world where the deceptive ways of the devil are rampant. And the Apostle Paul is teaching the church at Ephesus to put on the whole armor of God, that that is the way you are going to be able to stand against the deceptive ways of the devil. And so we want to do that. And he explains why. Because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of the darkness, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And you have to understand that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Our world does not understand that. Our world and the systems and societal solutions all have to do with trying to legislate flesh and blood. And that can only go so far. That can only go so far. Uh, there is required an understanding that we wrestle against principalities and powers we wrestle against the rulers of the darkness of this world. We wrestle against spiritual wickedness in high places. And I want you to take note of those of that term, high places, okay? High, everybody say high places. Because we're going to come back to that. And I'll just tell you that, that, what that what that tells us about our enemy. The coveted ground in any battlefield is the high ground the high ground and this is why we many times will tell somebody who's kind of dealing with a situation where they're confronted with pettiness or they're confronted with uh, uh, some kind of a passive aggressiveness or even overt aggressiveness in at times we'll say hey take the high road 
We're telling them to take the superior position. And the enemy wants to have the high ground. And we wrestle against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. So he once told us to put on the whole armor of God. Now he's telling us, here it comes. Take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Everybody say he's talking about today. Talking to me about right now that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. And this is one of my favorite passages in the scriptures because I I love what he says here because I you think he's going to give you some very sage advice on what to do when you've done all to stand and I love what he says when you've done all to stand stand sometimes that's all you can do is stand you say well what if I can't well here's what you do when you can't stand well what if I've done everything I can to stand then what do I do you stand And he's going to tell you how you stand when you have done all you can to stand. And if you haven't tried everything, you will do yourself a favor to know that that if you try Jesus, you'll just short circuit the devil. If you just go ahead and put it all in the hands of Jesus. When you have done all to stand, stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. So immediately he wants you to put upon yourself the belt of truth. The, the truth is that girting power that's going to, is going to just keep you in a position of strength and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, praise God, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. How many know that the enemy shoots at you with fiery darts? Those fiery darts are darts dipped in tormenting fire. And he shoots them at, in your direction. And they can be They can be uh, lit with the flames of fear, lit with the flames of anxiety, lit with the flames of condemnation, lit with the flames of regret concerning your past, lit with the flames of the lusts of your flesh and the lusts of your eyes and the pride of life and the love of money, and the list goes on. But if you will take unto you the shield of faith, you shall be able to quench, hallelujah, all the fiery darts of the wicked. Notice that he said, quench them. Quench the fiery darts of the wicked. The the effect that faith has upon the fiery darts of the wicked is in relationship to the fire. It's in relationship to the torment that comes. So in other words, you might still get hit by a dart here and there, but faith will keep it from destroying you. It's the same thing that happened when the snake bit Paul's arm in Acts chapter 28. The Bible says that he was building a fire at the Isle of Miletus and the snake leapt out of the wood and latched onto his arm and it was a venomous snake and he should have fallen down dead on the spot because of the venom. The snake bit him, but he shook that snake off into the fire 
And I, I, I love the idea that you can be injected but not infected when you have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I love the idea that the people of God, they might go through a painful experience, but they will not be affected by it in the same way that others might be affected because they have put their trust in Jesus and that shield of faith will quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Praise God. So we take the shield of faith above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darks of the wicked, take the helmet of salvation. And I love that, the helmet of salvation fits securely upon your head. That is so much where your salvation occurs, that it occurs in the faith you have in the Lord. And, and, and so much of what you experience in the way of God's goodness happens in what you know and what you understand about God. This is why with all you're getting, get understanding. And we're going to try to help you get a little more understanding by the grace of God tonight. And take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. How many know that the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit? This is the sword that the Spirit uses to overcome the wicked one. But then verse 18 is where I really want to concentrate our attention. The scripture says this, praying always. Praying always. How often should you pray? Always. How much should you pray without ceasing? Pray always. And I, 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 don't, I don't mean always be in a kneeling posture for all of your life. You said, well, when am I supposed to go to work? And when am I supposed to drive my car? And when am I supposed to take time to, to uh, be in transit to and from church? No, you, you, can, you can be in a constant state of communion with God. And as you live for the Lord, as you live for the Lord, you find how doable that really is. But the scripture says, praying always, and here it is, with all prayer, all prayer and supplication in the spirit watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints and i want to talk to you about all prayer today prayer is the foundation of a great walk with god prayer is the foundation of a powerful church we must be a praying church we must be a people of prayer everything that we do has to be it has to be prefaced with prayer. It has to be covered in prayer. It has to be motivated by prayer. We have to pray the will of God concerning situations that we are facing. If you are facing a set of circumstances that you don't know what to do about it, I, I want to ask you this. Have you prayed about it? We can we can get into a frame of mind where we worry about something so long that we accidentally think we've prayed about it because it has been so present in our mind, we think that we have prayed about it and we haven't prayed about it. We've just worried about it. But, but when you sit down and you say, okay, God, I don't know what to do about this and I need you to help me. I am at a loss. I need to... Put this in your hands. I'm telling you, you're opening heaven's door for God to intervene in your circumstances. And you can begin praying to the Lord in such a way that God will begin to move on your behalf and intervene in your circumstances. 
And that relationship with God will create a, a communion that you have with him and it will absolutely pave the way for victory in your life. Hallelujah. How many have found the power of prayer? You know, one thing I've noticed about prayer, and we'll touch on this in a little bit, but I've noticed that there are many times we pray to God and ask God for help in a particular way. And then God will help us. And because we're so relieved to get the help we needed from God, we forget to give him praise for it. I have, I have prayed to God for a solution on a number of occasions. And, and then all of a sudden, God will move upon it. And it'll be so sweet and so gentle and so gracious a way that he does it that it, it just happens organically. The situation changes maybe instantaneously or maybe over a period of time. And I'll be walking one day and realize, God did it. I, it was so gracious and so gentle and so well done that I forgot to even thank him for it. But I'm not worried about what I used to be worried about and I asked him to take the worry away. I'm not afraid of what I used to be afraid about. I asked him to take the fear away. I, I don't have the same pressure that I, I did have and I asked him to take the, and God did it. And we've got to get into the habit of giving God the praise for what he has done. I know that sounds simple, but I think we would surprise ourselves for how often we don't do that. And it's a very important part of our walk with God to have that open communion of asking God and praising God. So the scripture talks here about all prayer. Now I want to tell you, we just got done suiting up in the armor of God. Helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, sword of the spirit, shield of faith, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, loins girt about with truth, sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We look like a knight in shining armor, but that's all we are if we're not praying. But when we pray, then all of that armor goes into action. And we're more than an empty suit of armor, but we are an anointed warrior of God to do his work in his kingdom. Hallelujah. And I want you to know that's exactly who God wants you to be is somebody filled with his spirit, washed in his precious blood, free from your past, focused on the future he has ordained for your life. And that happens through the power of prayer. Oh, hallelujah. So we're going to talk about all prayer. The first form of prayer I want to talk to you about is repentance. Repentance. It's vitally important to your walk with God. You cannot have a serious relationship with God if you are allowing for sin in your life. If you are allowing for sin in your life, that will always be an enmity between you and God. Because sin is so contrary to God. And sin cannot be reconciled to God. Sinners can. But sin cannot be reconciled to God. Only by the blood of Jesus Christ can we put our sin under the blood and get it out of our life. And that requires an acknowledgement of that sin and a confession of that sin. And a turning away from that sin. That's what it requires. Repentance is not you just feeling sorry for what you've done. 
Repentance is you walking away from what you've done. I've seen people feel bad for what they've done and continue doing it because they're bound. But repentance is when you actually will walk away from it. Did you know that you can repent and not even cry? Now, I like it better when we cry a little bit when we repent. I don't know, there's just something pure and precious about that. When we, when we weep, that godly sorrow worketh repentance, the Bible says. Godly sorrow worketh repentance. So there's something sweet and precious and pure and holy about it when our heart is so stirred and most of the time people will weep when they repent. But the Bible describes this phenomenon in the book of Hebrews concerning the man named Esau. And the Bible says that Esau sought carefully for a place of repentance with tears and found no place for repentance. And that is a scary verse for a lot of people to read because they think, oh my word, he sought it carefully with tears and he could find no place of repentance. That must mean God wouldn't forgive him. No, you're, you're missing, you're missing it. It's not about God not forgiving him. It's about Esau was willing to cry about it, but he wasn't willing to turn from it. Repentance is about turning from sin. And so you can, you can actually not cry about it, but still turn from it. And you can conversely cry about it and never turn from it. It's about turning from your wickedness. And the scripture teaches us that if the wicked will turn from their wickedness, the Lord will remember their wickedness no more. Hallelujah. What a beautiful promise that is. That God will absolutely turn. As you turn from your wickedness, he will refuse to remember your wickedness. But the converse, the antithesis is also true. That if the righteous will turn from their righteousness, God will remember their righteousness no more. So it's important that we absolutely repent. So when you pray to God, you need to make confession of your sin. This is why when Jesus was showing the Pharisee and the publican as examples of what prayer is received and what prayer is rejected, the Pharisee prayed and said, Lord, I thank you that I'm not like this publican, the sinner. And the Lord said, I don't have any respect for that prayer. And then you have this poor public in the center who was just that. He was a sinner. And he's praying, and this is his prayer. This old, great, profound prayer that he prayed. Lord, have mercy on me. I am a sinner. And Jesus said, now that's some praying right there. That's some praying I can work with. Because if you can acknowledge that about yourself... Now we can get somewhere with God. But when you think you're all that, or when you've justified all the activities you do in your body and mind, when you've justified every feeling and because you feel it, you think that makes it true. When that's your attitude, then you're just, you're gonna have to be humbled. And listen, God can humble. He can humble you. And, and, and the plea of the preacher and the plea of the gospel is to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. 
Hallelujah. And he will exalt you in due season. And repentance is the ultimate humbling of one's self. When you say to God, Lord, I am a sinner. Lord, I confess and acknowledge my transgression before you. And I ask you to give me victory over my sin and help me to walk in victory with you. I'm going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, God can work with that kind of a person. And don't, don't get it mixed up. You can live for God for a long time and you must never lose that humility with him. You can live for God a long time. You can walk in his word. You can walk in prayer and you must never forget the pit from whence he brought you. You can never get to the point where you think that you have arrived and that you're all this or all that. The scripture says that Nebuchadnezzar walked out among the great empire of Babylon and looked around and said, oh, Look at all that my hands have wrought. Look at all that I have accomplished. And the Lord responded by reducing him to having the heart of a beast. And he ate grass like oxen and his hair grew like the feathers of an eagle. He was totally debased and he lost his bearings completely until he humbled himself before the Lord. And and I'm going to tell you something. God is more interested in your eternal soul than you being comfortable in the here and now. Praise God. So repentance, when you pray, we're talking about all prayer. Now we're putting this armor into action now. We're not just going to be standing with a sword with shining armor looking the part. We're going to put what God has laid upon us. We're going to put it into action. And the way we put it into action is through prayer. And that prayer starts with repentance. Lord, I need you. I humble myself before you. I give you my heart in humble repentance and I turn from my sin and to you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Do you know that the psalmist David said, cleanse thou me from secret faults? Did you know that you can have secret faults? Stuff that you don't see, stuff that other people don't see. Stuff that only God can see. There can be things that you are totally oblivious to and others can be, you can fool yourself and all of us, but you have never fooled God. And so repentance involves a a total acknowledgement that you are in need of salvation of God. Praise the Lord. So repentance. And the next thing that it's important to do when we pray with all prayer is to pray with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Now, the Bible says, in everything, give thanks. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. If you're looking for the will of God in your life, amen. Who's looking for the will of God? Amen. We're all always, Lord, show me thy will. Lead me, order my steps. Here it is. I'm going to break it to you right now. Here it comes. You ready? Get your pen and paper out. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Thanksgiving is a vital part of your prayer life and your life of prayer, to give God thanks in everything. Thank him, thank him, thank him. In everything, give him thanks. In the good times, give him thanks. In the bad times, give him thanks. Thank him for something. You've heard me say it. I'm going to say it again. If you don't have anything else you can think of, thank God for the blood. 
Thank God for the cross. Thank God for his name. That is a strong and a mighty tower that the righteous run into it and are safe. Thank God for prayer. Thank him that you can pray. Thank him that you can worship. Thank him that you can feel his presence. Thank him that you're alive right now. Thank him that you're in this building right now. Thank him that you've got a shelter over your head tonight. Thank him that you've got clothes upon your back. In everything, give him thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Pastor, I'm having a hard time thinking. I just can't see the, listen, this is why the elders would say it like this. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. They said this during times of great depression. They said this in times of world war. They said this in times when neighbors and loved ones, sons, were being drafted into the military, shipped overseas, and fighting in battles, and many times weren't returning home alive. And they were saying, name your blessings. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. I know we look at our world today and we think the world is so crazy and the world is so upside down. I wish we could go back to another time. I'm going to tell you that every generation has had severe hardship. Every generation has had severe hardship. And, and so instead of wishing you were born in a different era or wishing that this was different or that was different, you ought to stand in the middle of where you are and say, God, I just want to say thank you. My God have mercy. Thank you for blessing me. Thank you for the health in my body. You say, well, I don't feel very healthy. Are you breathing? Thank him for your breath. That's what the Bible tells you to do. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Are, are your lungs working? Then give God thanks. If they're not working as good as you wish they would, thank him that your heart is beating. If that's giving you trouble, thank him that your kidneys are operating. If you're, if you're on dialysis, thank him for dialysis. Thank him for something. You've got to become thankful. Thank him that your legs are working. If one of them isn't, thank him for the one that is. Thank him that your arms are working. Thank him that your hands are working. Thank God for something. Don't let the devil get your mind on the one, two, three, or four things that aren't going your way. Let God direct your thoughts upon the blessings of the Lord. Hallelujah. And start rejoicing in the God of your salvation again. Lord, I thank you that I know it's going to be all right. I thank you that I've got some friends in the house of God here. I thank you that I have some folks here tonight that I know I can go to them and ask them to pray for me. And they will refresh my soul in the Lord. Thank God for your church. Thank God every day for Tree of Life. Thank God every day for these precious people of God. You thank God every day that we can come into this building and lift up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. Thank God every day that this is a safe place to bring your children and to bring your family where they can learn the word of the Lord and find out how to be blessed of God. Thank Him every day for His blessing. Oh, we're blessed. We're blessed. We're blessed of the Lord. Psalm 100 says it this way, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And that's what happens 
when we begin to thank the Lord. When we begin to thank the Lord, the gates of God fly open. Wherever you are and whatever you're facing, you could be sitting in a hospital waiting room just receiving terrible news. But if you'll take a moment and say, Lord, I just want to thank you for being my shepherd walking with me through this valley. Lord, I want to thank you that I am not alone, but that my heart is fixed upon you. Lord, I thank you. I'm going to tell you, you'll open up your eyes and the gates of God. Hallelujah. All of his joy, all of his peace, all of his goodness, all that God is will be right there in front of you and you enter into his gates with thanksgiving. That doesn't mean that you travel to the gates and you make your way through the valleys and the mountains and you get to the gates and then you, you lumber and labor and stumble in and you better be thankful. No, entering into his gates with thanksgiving means that when you thank him, you've entered his gates. Glory. You can enter his gates at the courtroom. You can enter his gates. At the doctor's office, you can enter his gates while you're sitting in marriage therapy. You can enter his gates while you're in the middle of a very difficult crisis of life. You can enter his gates, ladies and gentlemen, with thanksgiving. You can put your marriage into the gates of God's presence simply by being grateful and thankful unto him. Hallelujah. 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 We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. Hallelujah. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye lands, serve the Lord. Come before his presence with singing. Serve him with gladness. Be thankful unto him and bless his his name praise God that's that's thanksgiving and what that what that does is it it, it then thanksgiving becomes praise and and so thanksgiving will segue you into praise and this is another form of prayer and praise is just bestowing upon God all of the goodness that he is and just telling him from your heart how good of a God he is you're a good God you're a mighty God you're the king of all kings. You're the Lord of all lords. There's nobody like you. There's nobody above you. You're greater than great. You're more wonderful than wonderful. You're more marvelous than marvelous. I love you. I praise you. And you say, why is that important? Let me, let me tell you something. Praise is a gift from God to his people. Let me tell you why God wants you to praise him. He, you know, he commands us to praise him. Praise ye the Lord, he said. Praise God in the sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him upon the timbrel and dance. Praise him with the harps, with the, with the stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. He commands us to praise him with the clapping of hands and with the shouting unto him with the voice of triumph. He commands us to sing unto him a new song. He commands us to take up instruments and play them skillfully before the Lord. He commands us to praise him. And I'm going to tell you why. It is not because he's an egomaniac and he just wants more praise and more praise. More, 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 more praise. Give me more. That's not God. That's not his nature. In this room, the most humble in this room is the Lord. He's more humble than any of us. 
None of us are nearly as humble as the Lord. The Lord is humility. And when he was on this earth as Jesus, the Christ, he was humility personified. And what you saw was not God putting on a show as a man. It wasn't Jesus putting on a show to make us think he was this servant. No, that's who he is. That's his nature forevermore. That's his nature is to serve and be humble. You've heard me say it. I'm going to say it again. If you don't think that God is a servant, he's a servant right now. He wasn't just a servant for three and a half years. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John could all say, oh, wow, what a great servant he was. That's not, that's not why he practiced servanthood. Servanthood is what he does. Servant is who he is. He's still a servant right now. And if you don't think that he's a humble servant, here's the test. Call on him. Call on him. Jesus. Hallelujah. He is as close as the mention of his name because he right now serves his people. Yes, he's the king, but his glory is service. Yes, he reigns on high, but his majesty is servanthood. There's nobody more humble than God. He humbled himself, took upon himself the form of a servant. He became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Nobody more humble than God. He does not require praise because he needs our praise. He requires praise because of what it does for us. And here's what it does for us. It lifts him higher. Do you remember what we fight against? We fight against spiritual wickedness in high places. And when you lift Jesus higher, you are lifting him higher than the high places. Glory, that's what praise will do. That's what praise will do. So praise, the power of praise is not in our emotion. It's not in our emotion. Oh, we get emotional. We, and we better never stop getting emotional. We are one God, apostolic, Jesus' name, tongue-talking, holy, rolling, born-again, heaven-bound believers in the liberating power of Jesus' name. And we had better know it and respond accordingly. But the power of our praise is not in our emotion. The power of our praise is in the truth that we say about God. The power of our praise is in declaring he is holy, he is worthy. Jesus Christ is Lord of all. Jesus Christ is great and greatly to be praised. Jesus Christ has power. Oh, now see, I'm getting emotional just talking about, see, the emotion is a byproduct. It's not, the power's not in the emotion. It's just what happens. And when I think about the goodness of Jesus and when I think about all that he's done for me, something begins to well up inside of me. I've had people, I've had people say, oh, Brother Urshan, you, you really yell when you preach. You get to preaching, you yell a lot and you, you get really loud. And I'm, I'm sorry. Here's the, pro- here's the whole problem. I'm a praiser, not a preacher. That's the problem. I learned to worship before I learned to preach. I learned to praise him before I learned to preach. And now when I preach, it comes out as praise unto the Lord. And I, I, I make the mistake of, of believing what I'm saying. That's where I really go off the rails is I start really believing what I'm saying. When I, when I tell you he's a healer, I believe it with every fiber of my being. And it does something inside of me. I wish I was more polished. I wish I could contain it a little bit. But God has been so good. He 
is so real and so holy and so true. Hallelujah. 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 See, see, when I begin to praise him like that and I say, the Lord, he is good. The Lord is greater than depression. The Lord is greater than fear. The Lord Jesus is greater than suicidal thoughts. The Lord Jesus is greater. The Lord Jesus is greater than any sin that you or I have ever committed. The Lord Jesus is greater than any anxiety or any worry or any financial crisis or any rebellion or any stubbornness. See, those are all high things that exalt themselves. You know what? First Corinthians chapter 10. Let's turn there real quick. We're going we're gonna to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We're just going to go there real quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Because we're talking about high things, okay? Spiritual wickedness in high places. And I want you to notice 2 Corinthians chapter 10. This is what it says in verse 3. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Verse 4, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and casting down every high thing, high thing, high thing, spiritual wickedness in high places, every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. That's what the high things do. They exalt themselves against the things you know about God. And you know he's a healer. But there are high things that are exalting themselves against that knowledge. And, and, and that's spiritual warfare. There are high things. So when you praise the Lord, you are lifting him higher. Higher than what? Higher than the high things. Higher than the high places. You're lifting him higher. Hallelujah. It's, it, it, here, let's say here's depression and here's anxiety and here's suicidal thoughts and here's sins of the past and here's transgressions of the law and here's all the, the, the anxiety and fear and worry and on and on and on it goes. And when I start to lift Jesus up, Hallelujah. You've heard it said, lift him higher, lift him higher. When I begin to praise him and I say, Lord Jesus, you are my healer. He goes a little higher than the sickness that's trying to plague my body. Uh, Lord Jesus, you are greater, hallelujah, than the devil. You're greater than any demon of hell. You're greater than any sin of my past. You're greater than any condemnation the enemy tries to put on me. What are you doing? I'm praising him. I'm lifting Jesus higher, higher, higher until he is the most high that's what we mean when we call him the most high that's relative it's referring to other things that he's, that he's higher than he's higher than the high things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God he's higher than the spiritual wickedness in high places and your praise lifts him higher and higher and higher and higher until he becomes the most high. What you praise is lifted higher. Yeah, what you praise is lifted higher. So praise is a very important part of our 
life of prayer that we have with God. And it puts into motion this spiritual armor. So praise him, praise him, praise him in the morning. Praise him in the noonday. Praise him when the sun goes down. Bless him, bless him, bless him in the morning. Bless him in the noonday. Bless him when the sun goes down. Worship, worship, worship in the morning. Worship in the noonday. Worship when the sun goes down. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with all of your heart. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. That's not God demanding more praise. That's God lifting us out of the pit of our despair. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, now, now when you praise him, you, so I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to give you a fair warning when you pray. And you repent and that, that clean, that cleaning. And of course, repentance is, is culm, it culminates in baptism in Jesus name. And so if you've never been baptized in Jesus name, you need to be baptized in Jesus name, according to the word of the Lord. And that is the culmination of really, truly turning away from your sins. And that's when the blood of Jesus will wash away the sin from your life. And you shall by promise receive the gift of the Holy ghost. Hallelujah. And it's a beautiful experience. But, but I'll give you a fair warning. When you start praying like that and you repent, you feel clean and you start thanking God and you start praising God, you may not get out of that. You might stay there until it's time to go to work. And you get in your car and you start that thing up, back out of your driveway, open up your eyes and look out that rear view mirror or that fancy little screen you got in front of you nowadays. Make sure you don't hit anybody while you're giving God all the praise. I saw a man run smack into a concrete wall because he was, had his eyes closed running the aisles. Don't do that. Don't do that. Keep your eyes open and keep on praising him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and so, so I warn you, you get into that praise and you may not come out of it. You might just stay right there. But, 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 but all prayer involves supplication. This is you bringing your needs to God. And sometimes we want to jump to that. But, but if you go through this process, you're going to pray for those needs and you're going to pray with power. And the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man will avail much. And when you begin to make your needs, you can make your needs known to God in prayer. You can boldly approach the throne of grace, Hebrews says. Boldly approach the throne of grace. This was a statement to the Hebrews. And the Hebrews, they understood that, that, that that's, what does that even mean? That we can boldly approach. This was in reference to that holiest of all places. And the king of kings, the, the Bible refers to the scepter of the the king, Jesus Christ, being the scepter of righteousness. And that, of course, brings up images of Esther coming before Ahasuerus and depending on him extending the scepter. And if he didn't, then she would be killed. And if he did, 
did, she would be accepted. And in Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews tells us that Jesus is the scepter of righteousness and, and that, that because he has been extended to us, then we can boldly approach the throne of God's grace. And you can make your petition known unto God. And I'm going to tell you, you need to bring all of your needs to the Lord. What a friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything. Everything. And I mean absolutely everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything. Everything to God in prayer. I'm going to tell you, bring him everything. Everything that's on your mind. Everything that's troubling you. And even the stuff you think you got a handle on. Because anything you can do, he can do better. He can do anything better than you. You just bring everything to God in prayer. on your shoulders anymore. Don't live with that weighing on your mind anymore. Don't live with those nagging thoughts in your head. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Somebody's losing sleep and God's telling you right now, you mark it down, mark down the time. God's telling you right now in Jesus' name, you've got to release it to him in prayer because he has given you his sleep. He has given his beloved sleep. And it is vain to sit up late, to rise up early, to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he giveth his beloved sleep. You let that get out of your mind. You put it in the hands of God and you start thanking him for the rest wherewith the weary may rest. The Lord God gave you that sleep and you can have it because it's a gift from him. And you go to bed and sufficient to the day is the evil thereof. You can pick up whatever you got going on. You can pick it up when you wake up. Don't you worry about it for one more second. In the name of the Lord, you just go to bed and say, Lord, I'm giving this to you in Jesus' name. And I'll know that while I'm sleeping and being restored and refreshed in my physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual body I'm going to let you take this off of my shoulders you start living like that and you're going to live in peace <laughs> hallelujah supplications all prayer all prayer supplications and then supplication the same way thanksgiving will segue into praise kind of seamlessly then the same is true supplication will turn into intercession and that's another form of prayer Intercession is when you pray for needs, but they're other people's needs. And you pray for them with the same fervor you would for your own. You pray for those needs like it's your body that's sick. You pray for those needs like it's your loved one who's lost. You pray for those needs like it's you who lost your job. You pray for those needs like it's you who's on the mission field living in danger and needing God to move upon the church that you're working in and the family that you're trying to lead on a foreign land. You pray for them as if it's you. You stand in the gap and pray. And I will tell you that I don't know if there's any more powerful form of prayer than intercessions. 
It is the ministry of Jesus Christ. It is, and, and let me tell you something, it's so powerful a, a prayer that, that even when you don't know what you should pray, the Spirit of the Lord will make intercession for you. And, and you'll actually pray in tongues, not knowing what you're praying for, but the Holy Ghost is praying stuff that you need to be enunciating and don't know to enunciate. And the Spirit will make intercession for you. See, see, God is a God of laws, and God doesn't break laws. God is obedient and gets into the, the system of the law. He stepped, God stepped into the law of sin and death, obeyed its rules, and that's how he overcame it. He didn't break the law of sin and death. He stepped into it and dotted all of its I's, crossed all of its T's, and undid it. Glory. So there are laws in place. There are things that have to be said in spiritual warfare in order for it to come to pass. And we don't know what all that is, so the Holy Ghost says it for us. And that's what happens when we're praying in tongues. Thank you, Jesus. And you can intercede. That's why it can come on you and you can, you need to go find a closet of prayer and you've got to have a closet of prayer. We've got to, listen, there are plenty of examples of public prayer and public worship and all of that and all of that's good. But, but there's also a principle uh, of the fact that we don't do any of this for show, none of it. So the Lord said, Make sure you have a closet where you can go and shut yourself in and let the prayer fly. Just pray and, and get alone with God, just you and God, and holler and scream and travail and talk in tongues and repent and cry and shout and just have plenty of time and plenty of privacy and have Selah moments where you're not making a sound at all. You're just receiving from the august presence of God and his, his presence is filling your heart and your mind with the goodness of his grace. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to show you how to work the armor that God told us to put on. You do it through prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost. One of the greatest lies our culture is telling us right now is they mock prayer. They tell you to keep your prayers. They say prayers don't work. And, and they, they even mock. They say, oh yeah, thanks for the thoughts and prayers. Prayers don't work, they say. And, and really the truth is this is coming from people who, who don't pray. And, and many times they're talking to people who said they would pray and didn't pray. See, we've got to be careful. We can't fall into the trap of saying, praying for you, and that be the prayer. When you say praying for you, you better be praying for you. Don't just, don't just say, hey, I've been praying for you and, and not be true. It has to be true. Pray for people. Pray for yourself. Pray for your children. Pray for your loved ones. Pray for your family. Pray. And I want to tell you something. God, even if it doesn't happen immediately, God will begin. He'll begin to move the pieces in place. And God is a prayer answering God. He is a prayer answering God. Hallelujah. 
intercede for others. Pray their prayers that they don't know to pray for themselves. People who are lost, pray on their behalf. Lord, save me. Lord, I'm praying in their stead. Save me. Do you know, do you know what Daniel did? And I'm coming to a close. I know time. I, I need to wrap up. But when, when Daniel saw Babylon and Persia too, for that matter, and the people of God Israel, when he saw them all in a sinful state, do you know what he did? He repented. Daniel repented. He was praying three times a day. He was, he was a man in whom was an excellent spirit. The spirit of God was all over that man of God. Angels were showing up talking to him. I mean, he was, he was in tune with God. And, and yet, for the sins of the people of God, he, he, didn't just, he didn't just wag his finger at him. He would go into his closet of prayer. And, and in fact, he would open his window and pray and say, Lord, have mercy upon us. That's what is he doing? He's interceding on their behalf. Praise God. You know, you can condemn the unrighteousness of, of, unrighteousness of our generation all you want, but that's not very effective unless you're interceding on their behalf. Are you interceding like Abraham interceded for Sodom and Gomorrah? Or do you kind of want to see God pour out his fire and brimstone? You kind of want to see it maybe just because it's kind of getting on your nerves the way they just thrown it up against God's face and you'd just like to see God just one time just move the clouds and let a lightning bolt. No, 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 no. Intercession. Lord, 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 if I can find 50 righteous. Lord, if there's a remnant, will you spare the cities? See, this is the heartbeat of God. That's why intercessory prayer has so much influence with God because it's noble prayer. It's noble, it's selfless prayer. It's Lord, have mercy upon them. Show them the error of their way and let them draw close to you and spare them, Lord. Ah, I'm going to tell you, it's time to move some mountains with prayer. It's time. It's time to take the kingdom of heaven by force. It's time to let God be God. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. It's, it's time for the church to pray. And then finally, we come into that beautiful place of prayer called worship. Worship. It's got some praise mingled in with it, but it's certainly not just praise. It's, it, is a, it is an all-out abandonment of oneself and a holy giving over of yourself unto God. And that's why people can worship in a variety of ways, and you can see it. And many times they worship in, in the way they spend their time. They worship in the way they spend their money. They worship in the way that they spend their talents and their skills. They worship, they worship by just lingering in his presence. They worship by the love they show for other people and, and thus fulfill the law of Christ bearing one another's burdens and worship. Worship is when your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength is just, it is the fulfillment of the great commandment. It is worship unto God, a total surrendering of your will. And yes, it involves spending meaningful quality time in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah. 
Praying with all prayer. Don't just pray with this form of prayer and that form of prayer. And No, no, no. Get, get in the flow of prayer. Repent of all your sins. Thank God for his goodness. Praise him for his mighty acts. Hallelujah. And, and bring your needs to him. And bring the needs of others to him. You know, intercessory prayer. And I, I really am coming to a close. I've said it the second time. And the third time, you know I'm serious about it. But I really am coming to a close. But intercessory prayer, the Bible says that the Lord turned again the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Now, now I want you to know that when he said, he, when he prayed for his friends, he's talking about the, the comforters. He's talking about those friends. The people that just were wagging their finger at him. And Job started praying for them. And the Lord turned Job's captivity. Notice what Matthew chapter 5, and I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping up. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 43. You have heard that it hath been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. My God. My God, I'm going to tell you, you start interceding for people like that, you will shut hell all the way down. That's how the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. Because that, that's, that's the power of the Holy Ghost right there. And when the church starts interceding for everybody, not just the people you like, not just for the people who like you, but when you start interceding for everybody and you pray genuinely that the blessing of the Lord come upon the people who have persecuted you, you're going, you're going to absolutely put the enemy under your feet and you will mount up with wings as an eagle. Glory to God. I wonder if we could lift up a praise unto the Lord right now and receive his word. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, I believe God wants to create some prayer warriors. Prayer isn't just some activity. The enemy wants you to think it's boring. It's, it's boring because you're just talking into the air. And No, 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 no. Step into the flow of prayer. Hallelujah. Repent. Bring your needs to God. Bring thanksgiving unto him. Bring praise unto him. Hallelujah. Bring worship unto his name. Hallelujah. And, and bring the needs of others, friends, family, enemies. Bring all their needs unto the Lord. I feel the Holy Ghost. I think we ought to find a place here tonight. I'm opening these altars for prayer. I want somebody to come right now. I want, I want us to make a new commitment to prayer. Hallelujah. I want us to make a new and a fresh commitment to prayer. God, help me. Help me to pray. Help me to pray. Teach us to pray. Let us walk in prayer. Hallelujah. Lord, Lord, help my heart to be close to you, to walk with you. 
in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. God wants to show you the power of prayer. He wants to show you the power of prayer. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. There's power in prayer. There's power in prayer. There's power in prayer. There's power in prayer. Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel a spirit of intercession moving upon us right now. I feel, I feel a witness in the Holy Ghost concerning intercessory prayer right now. I want you to consider someone and begin to pray for them right now. In the name of Jesus. Maybe you need prayer. Maybe it's you. Maybe you need to bring your supplication to God. Go ahead. Pray with all prayer. All prayer. Whatever you need to do, if you just want to praise Him, you just go ahead and praise Him. We're going to praise with, pray with all prayer. All prayer. God, hear my heart, oh God. 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 Oh, yes. I love your voice. Darkest night, we're close like no other. I've known you as a father, I've known you as a friend. I have lived in the goodness of God. You have led me through the fire. Darkest nights, you have lost no other. Known you as a father, I've known you as a friend, and I have lived in the goodness of God. the good 
are still praying and we want them to continue to pray, please don't let anything interrupt that. But if you are needing to go, please, before you do, find somebody and bless them. There's another form of prayer. The Bible says that the angel said to the other, the Lord is holy, holy, holy. The whole earth is full of his glory. When we praise God, we praise to God. But there are appropriate times where we praise God to one another. And I just want you to find somebody before you go and just tell them God is good. God is holy. God is worthy. Tell them that you love them and bless them in the name of the Lord. God bless you tonight in Jesus' name.